0: All right, good morning everyone and welcome to our Sunday morning podcast here coming from the Tower of Pentecost in Richland and I would like to talk to us here this morning on the title, My Faith Will Stand and I'd like to uh, read from the book of Daniel, chapter number 3, verses 4 through 6, and then also Ephesians, chapter number 6, verses 10 through 13. So, let's go to Daniel. Daniel chapter 3, verses 4 through 6, and uh, it reads like this. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And then I'd like to read from the book of Ephesians chapter number 6, verses 10 through 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. My faith will stand this morning. Faith has stood the test of every generation. And I think we all realize that we are... (coughs) We are an emotional being by design. We have moods, attitudes, and feelings that are at least in part based on what we see, what we hear, and what we feel. You put us in a general conference setting and we all are encouraged. You put us in a major populated you, city in the United States right now driving through and uh, you may come upon a very tumultuous gathering, possibly a riot and things change we have not changed as an individual but our environment has and our, in, in, our environment has a way of attempting to get us to compromise in order to feel safe again. However, there are going to come times when our environment does not change to make us feel better. Instead, it will be our faith that will take us through our environment with the potential of change. I'm reminded this morning of a story that happened... Centuries ago, in the year 1521, I believe it was, and a particular man's faith had been called into question because of his disagreement with the current Christian theology of his day. He actually was summoned to stand before the emperor, and he was demanded to recant his religious views. Here are the words that Martin Luther said he says unless i am convinced by the testimony of the holy scriptures or by evident reason for i can believe neither pope nor councils alone as it is clear they have erred repeatedly and contradicted themselves he said i consider myself convicted by the testimony of holy scripture which is my basis My conscience is captive to the word of God. Thus I cannot and will not recant, because acting against one's conscience is neither safe nor sound. He closed out that day with these words. He said, Here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. God help me. Amen. Powerful statement coming from a man that he literally, as we know, he began what we now call the Reformation. But as we start this morning here, I would like to take a moment. The Bible, through many of the different Psalms, it, it, uh, we come upon a word, and that word is Selah which is a pause, take a moment to reflect on what you've just heard and uh, think about it for a moment. And so I, I come to you this morning and I would like you to take a moment, I would like you to stand up wherever you are this morning. I would like you to stand. I want you to look around. I want you to know Pay attention. Who is standing with you this morning? What are you standing for? What are you feeling on this Sunday morning? Do you feel like that you're standing alone? Do you feel like that you're going through something that is causing you that has placed you in in an environment that you do not like. But as you look this morning, I want you to pay special attention and I want you to know you are not standing alone. You are not going through whatever you are going through this morning alone. You may not be able to To see somebody this morning, if you are possibly uh, by yourself, but you need to look around and you need to rest assured that you are not standing alone this morning. Thank you, and you may be seated. Peter, in his writing in chapter number four, verse First Peter four and verse twelve, he writes these words to us. They are words of comfort, but they are words that challenge us in the the same and the same uh, reading. He says, beloved, he says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. He says, don't think it unusual. Don't think it strange when a fiery trial comes your way. As though something strange has happened. We know from reading the scriptures and in particular the book of Hebrews in in the great faith chapter. We know that there are... There is nothing new that men and the the church has not faced before in one area or another. We have always faced fiery trials. We have always, every generation has had to go through different things. You and I today, We are in a very strange and a very concerning time. But Peter says, listen, he says, Beloved, you need to understand that this is not something new. We all will face our fiery trials in different times of our life. Health issues different things. Right now, certainly, that is probably one of the top things on our list. I, I recognize this morning that there are people that are going through health issues right now, and it's not a good feeling. And I'm here to remind all of us this morning that here's what we are guaranteed. This is the guarantee of the scriptures, not that we will not go through trials, not that we, <coughs> not that God will take us and remove the the trial or the uh, issue that we're going through. No, our promise is that He will go with us. Through the fiery trial. Isaiah 42 verses 1 through 3. Tells us this. Fear not. For I have redeemed you. Are you glad? Are you thankful for your redemption? This morning. I am here today. I have been redeemed. Not by silver and gold. But we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the perfect Lamb of God. Isaiah wrote, he says, fear not. He says, I have redeemed you. He says, I've called you by your name. He knows you by your name. He wants you to understand that one thing that you are guaranteed of. And that is your redemption. Your redemption draweth nigh. He says, I've called you by your name. You are mine. What a great promise that is. He says, listen, fear not. He says, I've redeemed you. I know your name. He says, I want you to know that you belong to me. And so when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God. And so... He does not promise us that we will not go through these fiery trials. What He promises us is that He will go through those trials alongside of us. He is standing with us no matter what it is that we're going through. Sometimes... It's the fire going through the fire that saves us. That's hard for us. But sometimes the fire actually saves us. These three Hebrew men, they were faced with a situation in their day that Nebuchadnezzar built a golden statue, an image, 90 feet tall, 20 feet wide, I think it was. It was golden. It was magnificent, like everything that was constructed during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And the the proclamation went out. And the commandment of the king was that we are going to bring everyone together for this great event. In fact, you have a golden statue on one side and then you have a fiery furnace on the other side. And the king was so Prideful it, he was so arrogant that he told those people and notice here it, there's there's a couple of scriptures here in this story that really got my attention and he says that uh, every' it's, all of all the people were brought together, all people, all nations all languages. And there it was in this orchestrated event that the hour was going to compel those people. And included in that group of people, of course, were some of God's people that had been taken into captivity. And The hour came. The Bible says in the New King James version, it actually it calls it a symphony. A symphony, it says. A symphony is a a, is an idea or an event to bring everybody together. And All of the music. There were different instruments that were going to be played. And at a certain sound. All people were commanded by the king. To bow down. Or the only option that they had. Other than bowing down before this golden image. Was to face the fire of that furnace. It was a no brainer. For. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was a no-brainer. But can I just take a moment and and one of the ideas that came to me was that possibly our our our, our minds may have went to a place where maybe theirs also did, but. Maybe it was that that day that they kept looking around and they were looking for Daniel to step out and say something that would save them from the hour that that they were a part of. One of the great questions, one of the great mysteries, of course, is a story. Where was Daniel? We don't know. But... Can I just tell you that Daniel is not always going to be around to put a good word in for you and to save you from the hour that you are facing and the trial that you are up against. Daniel's not going to be there. You're going to have to stand And you are going to have to see your faith produce the desired result that God intends for it to bring forth. Daniel, if he would have been there, who knows what the story would have taken place. But here's what we do know. Remember, Matthew writes... He writes in the first chapter and he's talking to Joseph about Mary. And he says, and she shall bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Not a maybe, not a perchance. He's very, very positive. In the idea that when this one comes forth, by the name of Jesus, that he will save his people from their sins. Verse or two later and then it goes on and it tells us, And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. We have not received the promise of not having to go through the fire. But what we have received is the promise. The promise of God that He will be with us. God in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. That God will be with us as we go through. Every trial. Every temptation. We have the assurance that we are not in this thing by ourselves. Notice verse 28 in our story as we go back to the story of the three Hebrew men that here we go. They, they told with very confidence the word came to the king and The word was, King, we got a little bit of a problem here. You know, you got three, (coughs) excuse me, you got three men out there that refused to bow down at the sound of the music. King says, who are they? He brings them in. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. King's probably surprised. And he gives them the second chance. He says, okay, here's the deal. You made a mistake maybe. Maybe you didn't hear the sound. Or maybe you, got, you didn't get the message right. But we're all in this. And we want everyone to bow down. And he said, King, we want you to understand our side. And that is this. We will never bow down to any other God except the God of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We will not bow down. And furthermore, Cain, we want you to understand that the God that we serve, He is able to take us out of your hand and deliver us but it is not my responsibility nor my calling to demand that god keep me from this hour and from this fire that we are faced with they said whether he does or not what we can tell you with full confidence is that we will not bow down to anything that is contradictory to the God and the Word of God that we serve. And we know the outcome. They are seven times hotter. The king is so mad. He builds that fire hotter than it's ever been before. He throws them in there. The Bible says hat and everything. And he binds them. He does bind them. And throws them in there. We know the story. After a while when they should have been consumed. He looks into that fire. And he sees four walking in the midst of that fire. And he says, I thought we threw three of them in there. And they said, yes, we did. He says, well, he says... I see four of them, and one of them has the appearance of the Son of God. The Bible lets us know the end of that story is the king commanded them to come out of that fire. And the fourth one, he didn't walk out, but the three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they walked out of that fire fire after walking through that fire. And the only thing, the only thing that was burnt was the bondage that the the men, that those men tried to bind them with. You understand is that there are, God will never, He will never allow His people to be put under bondage ever again. He, when He went to Calvary, when He took those stripes upon His back, when He put the nails in His hands and in His feet, That was to release us from the bondage of sin and the bondage that men try to bind us with. He will never allow us to be bound again by corrupt and evil men of the day. You can be assured that sometimes the fires that we go through is to... Be a witness to those around us that God has delivered us. He has broken every bondage that men are faced with today, whether it's addictions or (coughs) any kind of sin. God is in, He is a bondage breaker. Those three got out, and the scripture says this: the king looked at him. Says, "Not a hair of your hair. I don't smell smoke. I don't see the results of fire." And the king says this: the king says that these three frustrated his word and his evil intention by yielding by yielding their bodies think about that for just a moment the evil intention of the movement of that day that was intended to force people into bowing to a God that never existed, that because these three Hebrew men, they stood in the face of adversity, that when it was done, when they came out of that fire, that the king had to say, he says, because you yielded your bodies to the fire, the fiery trial that you were faced with, you have frustrated my word. You want to frustrate the intention of the adversary today? We've got to yield our bodies to the calling of the hour of trial that we are faced with, whatever you are faced with today, you have to yield your bodies to the will, to the desired outcome that God has intended for your situation with the assurance that He is going to be with you every step of the way. He may not change. He may not change your situation here and now, but be assured that ultimately you and I will walk out of every trial and every tribulation. And when it's done, as writer said... When you go through the fire, your faith will be refined as gold. One of these days, every trial, every situation that we face, it is only preparation for one of these days. You're going to step out. We are going to step out of this earthly temple And we are going to find ourselves walking on the gold that our faith has refined for us to be ever present with the Lord our God Amen Daniel's not always going to be around to speak on your behalf young people not always going to be dad standing beside you Your faith is going to have to stand on its own. But here, but here, listen carefully. Jesus said, if two or three are gathered together, I am in the midst of them. Whatever we're going through this morning, let me assure you this morning, you are not alone. Your family, those that stood with you when you stood this morning, they're with you. let me assure you that your top family is standing with you today. you going through sickness, there are others that are going through sickness you're going through a season of discouragement. there are people that are Going through discouragement alongside of you. Let me tell you that, in addition to your church family, there are 5,000 churches of the United Pentecostal Church International in North America that are standing with us this morning. To hear me out, I said 5,000 churches that are standing with us today in our faith. You have somewhere approximately 750,000 brothers and sisters in North America that are standing alongside you this morning in whatever that you are going through. Let me remind you that Christianity in general this morning that we have somewhere around 200 million Christians in the United States of America this morning is what they tell me. Or, I'm sorry, 200 million. Can I tell you that there are somewhere around 2 million UPCI Brothers and sisters in approximately 200 different countries that are standing alongside you this morning. Can I tell you that there are somewhere, it's been estimated, there's somewhere around 2 billion Christians that are alive globally, internationally this morning that are standing with you and standing alongside us this morning. You are not on your own this morning. There are the, There's the possibility of 2 billion people praying for God to take us through this season of life. One quote they did get correct through this whole pandemic issue. That is this. We are in this together. Elijah, it's okay to be human and feel like you're on your own. We know that story. Elijah, Running for his life. Runs to a cave. Hides out. Waiting for the voice of God. Which finally comes. Question to Elijah was, Why are you here? Why are you here? And Elijah is so despondent and so discouraged. And so much feeling like that he's the only one That is going through what he's going through. And he's the only one that's willing to stand in his day. And he says, Lord, I'm all by myself. Everybody else has bowed. God comes back and He tells him, He says, Elijah, you need to understand that I have 7,000 that have never bowed the knee. Can I tell you this morning that we are the church of the Most High God. This thing is not merely a number per se, but with numbers there is a great army that when we dedicate our lives to and yield our bodies to the hour and the day that we are called to. I want you to understand and it is a great comfort to me knowing that I have a brother, I have a sister, that I have globally churches and people by the hundreds of thousands and by the millions that are willing to stake their life and stand on the the faith that was once delivered to the saints and says to a world that we will not bow down to the pressures and to the actions of seemingly an orchestrated movement to put us into a compromising position. Our faith will stand the test as it always has stood the test because our faith is in the Word of God and our faith is in the name of God which is Jesus Christ, the Most High. Let me take you to another story of a man that stood in his day. His name's Mordecai. He would not bow down to an Amalekite by the name of Haman. Let me ask you a question this morning. Is it possible the actions of Mordecai put his entire nation at risk? Because you see, everybody... Was bound before Haman. And Mordecai, it wasn't never going to be a question. It was always going to be that he was going to be the answer. And that was that he was going to stand because of the faith that he had in his God and the God that requested and commanded and told him along with all of the other people that you will never bow before another idol, another God. Even if it is men. But is it possible that the actions of Mordecai Put his entire nation at risk. Was it possible? Probably not. But let me just use my imagination here. If I could. What if Mordecai. What if Haman. Wrote a letter to Mordecai. And said Mordecai if you do not bow down before Me, I am going to go before the King. And He says, I'm going to convince Him to destroy your entire nation of people. Whoa. Tough question. We have no idea, of course, whether that ever took place. Probably not. But the point is that faith, our faith at times can be a very risky situation. And we don't know the future. We don't know the outcome. What we do know is this. Is that We are called to stand and to fight the good fight of faith. We are called to stand and to testify and to be a witness to a world no matter how much pressure, no matter how the numbers seem to be against us. We must Stand for our faith and everything that it represents. We must stand on certain things. We must believe and we must preach the Gospel that Jesus Christ did come in flesh. That He gave His life on Calvary. That He visited the grave and death for three days. That He came out of that tomb alive. That He showed Himself for a period of 40 days. To as many as 500 at one time. And then He ascended back into the heavens and he gave us a commission the commission was to go into all nations and introduce the gospel to a people that are faced with situations that they cannot see clearly but the gospel will bring clarity to life and life's purpose and to the future times we can't see clearly what we do know is that faith has always been called to stand and to face whatever situations whatever environments that the enemy produces the church will over come because the adversary he has been defeated he is no longer in charge of me and of you and of the church we are the espoused bride of Christ he has no power he has no authority what he tries to do is to intimidate us to try to get our minds and our hearts off of what we're supposed to be doing. We must stand for truth. We must stand. We must worship our God. We must worship our God. We have to open our mouths. We have to to engage our God in worship along with the angelicos. We can't Offer a muffled, masked sound into heaven. We've got to be able to have the liberty to worship and to praise Him with an open mouth and an open heart. You see, Mordecai, his actions could have placed others at risk. And he could only hope that God had Esther in place to answer this question. Who knows whether God has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. Because Mordecai had made up his mind, he would not bow he would stand and he could only hope and pray and persuade that, Esther, you are in place to answer this question. Who knows whether God has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. We know the story. God ultimately turned the gallows around to destroy Haman instead of Mordecai. Listen carefully. They still had to face that day that had been instituted and declared by the king. They still had to face the enemy. They still had to go to the battleground of life. They still had to face... That enemy. And they did so. And God honored. Their stand. We cannot bow to the heat of the day. It is an orchestrated. Sympathy of the adversary. It is an orchestrated. Time. By the enemy, by the evil of this world. And the church must stand in the face of every adversity that comes our way. Sickness, God can deliver you from that sickness, whether He does or not. I And to keep my faith through that sickness I don't like seeing what I see today I understand that's not what you're called you're not called to operate by your feelings by your emotions we're an emotional being We are so affected and impacted by what we see, by what we hear, by what we feel. We cannot operate by feelings and by sight and by hearing alone. We must operate by faith and by the word that we have in our possession. It is what will produce the faith that has always been and will always be needed for the hour that we live in. I close bringing a scripture that I've I've loved. It caught my attention many years ago, but it's found in Acts 2.14. Jesus had ascended. The disciples had waited 10 days. The upper room, we know the story, waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And then it was that the first message, the first message of the birthday of the church was about ready to be preached. And I love these words found in Acts two fourteen. It says, But Peter <clears throat> standing up with the eleven. Who are you standing with this morning? I close once again by asking you to look around. Who are you standing with? And what are you standing for this morning? Are you standing up along with the 11? Are you still standing up for this message of Acts 2.38? Is this what we are standing for today? Peter said, this is that. Which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Saying in the last days. God speaking. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I believe that we are part. The very ending part. If that was the beginning of the church. Then. Then. What is the ending of the church going to be? I believe that God is going to pour out the Holy Ghost in such a way in these last days and in these forthcoming days that in a couple of months, I don't know, a year, two years, we will be standing in a place that God has visited, that has been and has produced that day. Because of a people that decided one day that no matter what, God was going to be with them in their stand for this precious faith that we know of today. As the Bible. God bless you this morning. We pray for healing. We pray for strength. We pray for encouragement. We pray that. You will have the assurance. That this church is with you. And that God. More importantly. That God is with you no matter what you go through. God bless you.